about this passage is the fact that everyone is gathering around Jesus. They're all coming to him to speak to him, and, and they have these expectations upon Jesus. How many of you guys have ever been to, like, Disneyland or Disney World or anything like that? How many of you guys have Disney Plus right now? There is a series on Disney Plus that is called The Imaginariums. And the Imaginariums, what it does is it actually looks at the creators, these, these architects behind Disney World and Disneyland and, and all of the places around the world, including Paris and Hong Kong and uh, Tokyo as well. And, and it's all about their parks. And these people called Imaginariums are the ones who, are, who actually designed everything. They're the ones who created everything, and they put it all together, and they're the ones that are coming up with this idea of how to shape it, and, and what rides are going to be fun, and how to invent and create all these animatronics. And it is honestly like one of those things as a documentary that I just find myself glued to. It is absolutely amazing. And the thing that I find so uh, interesting about this is their goal behind this, their driving point of why they're doing this, and kind of their vision statement behind it is, we are making happiness. We are making happiness. A couple years ago, uh, Lara and I, Lara's my wife, we, we got to go to Disney World for the very first time. And I'll be honest, I, I love Disney World. It is fun. It was enjoyable. Uh, but man, the look on my wife's face as we entered the park was like truly amazing. Probably the best sight there. She was so excited. Uh, she's been wanting to do this trip uh, since she was a kid. And so to be able to do that with her was an amazing gift that I got to be a part of. And as we entered the park and, and as everything kind of came and we were seeing everything and taking it all in, it was really overwhelming uh, just how incredible this whole park was. And so we went from the one park, the Disneyland kind of park, and we went to like the Animal Kingdom and Epcot. And as we were taking all this stuff in, I, I started realizing that, yeah, the rides were fun. Even the, the waiting time, it was enjoyable and stuff like that. And, and even as you looked at the shops and got to take it all in, it was all amazing and, and really breathtaking to see. But as I watched this show and, and heard the comments behind what was the design philosophy behind what they were doing and, and what the vision was, I began to like have some stuff click in my mind of like, man, they, they really are just trying to get you to feel. They're trying to get you to go on a journey with them to experience all of this. And, and I sat there on my couch and I was listening to this documentary and I was like, man, how tough a job that is to be, their, their, their whole model, the whole reason behind what they're doing is we want to make people feel happy, the happiest they will ever feel. And I thought about that for a second, and, and, and it actually, at the end of the day, like, it makes me want to go back, I'll, I'll be honest with you, but also it makes me feel like, man, I, I think we're missing out. I think very often in life, we are, we are like the consumers that are going to Disneyland. In our own life, we, we are looking for opportunities, for moments, for things that are going to fill us up and bring us happiness. And what I find so interesting about this passage today that we have is, is these people, this crowd, they're, they're looking to Jesus for something. 
And we don't necessarily know what. We don't know whether looking to Jesus for the healing and, and the happiness that that'll bring, or, or maybe even they're looking to Jesus and saying, hey, we think you're the Messiah. And if you're the Messiah, my joy is going to be made complete. It's a pretty incredible proposition that we have as we read Scripture, is as people interact and encounter with Jesus, we should be thinking about that. What are, what are they looking at him for? Are they looking at him for to be their Messiah? Or are they looking at him just to do something? Or to be something? And the reason why I challenge us to have that mindset is because very often when we go to the Bible, when we even turn to God, we have this in our mind. Are we turning to Jesus because we want him to do something are we, are we turning to him because we are looking for him to complete something in us? Or are we looking to him to be our Messiah and our Savior and, 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 and have that actually whole completeness in it? And it's something that we really challenge, uh, that we have to challenge ourselves with every time we go to Scripture, every time we pray. It's, it's, it's one of those things that really, it, it affects how we communicate with God. And it affects what we're going to take out of Scripture as well. And so what we find here in this passage is we find Jesus encountering this crowd of people who have brought this deaf man to him. They're begging Jesus, hey, Jesus, please heal this man. Do something. We, we need you to work. We need you to do something. And like I said, we don't know the underlying reason behind why they're doing this. Maybe, maybe they really love this man. And they're like, man, wouldn't it be incredible if Jesus did a, a miracle or a healing? We, we've been hearing about those things. Maybe Jesus will do something like that. Maybe, maybe that is what Jesus will do. Or maybe more cynically, maybe they just want to see if Jesus will do another miracle. And, and maybe they don't really care about this man, but really, they just needed someone to test Jesus. We're not sure. I, I, I'm, I'm reading into it either way. I mean, we don't know. That's the fact. But for whatever reason, here this man is, right before Jesus, face to face with him, and really, before going anywhere else this morning, I, I think we are here in the exact same position as that man. We, we have an opportunity to be face-to-face with Jesus. You, you really do, and, and, and that's what we have every single day. But even on a Sunday morning such as this, it, it is very much so even more apparent that we have an opportunity to be face-to-face with Jesus. Have you ever felt like you're in the crowd in your own life? So busy with, with the fullness of what your weeks bring, the, the comings and goings and, and work and job and kids and just everything all together. It's maybe school for you. And yet another Sunday has come and, and you find yourself here this morning. Maybe, maybe, maybe it, it just naturally has happened and, and you're here. Maybe someone brought you or, or maybe you brought yourself and, and you're here and, and, and that's why. You're just, you're just here and you don't really necessarily want to hear from God or, or need to hear from God, but you're here nonetheless and all of a sudden I'm trying to challenge you. 
But regardless of why you're here this morning, I think you are presented with an opportunity much like this man to encounter Jesus, to be face-to-face with him once again. So this is where we find ourselves. We're among the crowd today, and yet we are, by all accounts, brought face-to-face with Jesus, presented with this opportunity. And one of the amazing things that Jesus does in this passage is he actually leads the man away from the crowd and talks with him and interacts with him on an individual basis. And as I've been praying for this message, I believe that God wants to meet with you face-to-face this morning, with all of us, individually, and actually touch us in a very amazing way that's going to speak to the very heart of who we are and what's going on in our life. So the invitation is there. Are you willing to be led away by Jesus to actually interact with him in a very personal way? Let's pray and, and invite him to do so. God, I thank you so much for this morning. God, I, man, those kids are so amazing. They did such an amazing job. And, and God, they bring so much joy through their laughter, through their songs, and through their talks. And, and God, I just pray that you will actually speak to the very heart of who we are, Lord. God, I thank you so much for this time. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Uh, I'm not done yet. They may want me to be done, but I'm actually not done yet. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> let's uh, let's pick back at our passage today. That's my bad. They're probably like, he's praying. We need to be on there. <laughs> Uh, sorry, guys. Uh, let's pick back up in our passage today. We, uh, we read that Jesus led the deaf man away from the crowd and healed the man in, in perhaps one of the weirdest ways of healing. Jesus spits on his fingers and, and, and touches the man's tongue, and, and he sighs, and then he commands the man's tongue to be opened. And immediately the man can hear. His tongue is freed, and, and he can actually speak. The crowd, seeing from a little distance, probably begins to hear the man and begins explaining that he can hear and talk. And and the crowd swarms, and and, and Jesus warns them not to share what happened. And yet again, they go and do exactly that. They go and tell everyone that will listen what Jesus just did. And, and, And the reason behind why Jesus, I believe at least, where Jesus pulls this man away from the crowd, is he wants to actually talk with him. I think so often in our life, we get busy, we get consumed with everything that's going around in our life, and and the last thing that we expect is actually for Jesus to interact with us, individually, specifically, and that's exactly what Jesus is doing. And Jesus isn't doing that by like, you know, his, his hand's not forced, and he's like, man, I guess i got to interact with this, this deaf man. And he, he's not put out by that. In fact, he does it with purpose, and, and he has a reason behind doing it. When Jesus performed a miracle on the Sabbath day, the Pharisees actually went up to him and said, why are you doing this? This is the holy day. No work should be done. And Jesus replies in this amazing way back to them. He says, a son can only do what he, what he sees his father doing. That's, that's the purpose behind what Jesus is doing. Every time Jesus does something, it is because the father is telling him to do so. 
You see, Jesus is about doing the work on earth that his father wants him to do. The miracle of healing this deaf man is because God wants to heal this deaf man. And the reason behind why Jesus leads this deaf man away from the crowd is because that's what the Father is wanting him to do. That's what God is wanting to do with this man. He is wanting to say, hey, I actually see you. You see, these healings and miracles such as these are not what Jesus is really all about. He didn't come to this world to just do healings and and physical miracles. I mean, he does it, and man, he does it so well. He interacts with people and and, and brings a very physical need to them and says, man, I, I see you, I see that you're hurting, and I know that you need physical healing, so he does it. But that isn't the purpose behind what Jesus came to this world for. We read in Scripture time and time again, he didn't come to this world for the sole purpose of physical healings. He came to this world to bring good news. And sometimes it's hard for us to understand that. It's hard for us to understand that God isn't necessarily here for our worldly things. He didn't come for just make us well and and make this life the best possible life here on earth in all of the physical and materialistic ways. And yet the world seems to be very focused on the physical and the materialistic things in the world. And it's very easy for us to be drawn to those things. But God has something more in mind. Jesus came with more of a purpose than that. He wants us to invite him into our spiritual reality. And yet it's one that sometimes we struggle with actually paying attention to. One that we sometimes neglect and say, man, I think it's not as important because, man, I have a lot of physical needs. I have a lot of other things going on in my life. I mean, we love focusing, as human beings, we do, we love drawing attention to ourselves. We love drawing attention to the things that we're going through. Even, even when other people around us are going through things, we all like to focus on our own things. And I mean, one really apparent way of that is actually when we're in a conversation with someone. When we're talking to someone, it, it is so easy to draw attention to ourselves in that conversation. And what I mean by that is when someone is actually talking to us and they're sharing something that is going on in their life and, and, and maybe they're talking for quite a while because they're trying to get all the words out and, and we're listening to them and, and we just cannot wait for them to stop so that we can give them advice. And, 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 and that comes halfway through the conversation. We hear them talking and we're like, oh man, no, this is what's going to help them. Oh man, this, this is what I want to say to them. This is what I want to say to encourage them. And, and most of the time, it's not bad things that we're wanting to say to them. It's not like we're trying to pull the attention back to us, but we just want to speak. We don't actually want to listen. We don't want to hang on their words and wait, even when they're done talking, just to wait a moment, to listen to what the heartbeat of the conversation truly is. Or maybe even something more dangerous that we as Christians have an invitation to do to wait and wait on God to speak to us so that we can give them maybe his words as opposed to our words. It's a dangerous thing to do when we have a conversation with people is to actually listen to them and, and, and not be eager to speak. 
It's a challenge. And you see, one thing that Jesus is doing by pulling this man away from the crowd is saying, hey, let's remove the distractions of what's going on physically around you. Let me show you something far more important. Let me show you the character of the Father. The character of the Father says, hey, I see you. Hey, I hear you. Hey, I love you. The character of the Father sees what's truly going on in your life, and and it wants to bring his presence into that situation. And the thing that is tough in this passage is the crowd seems to miss it. It misses what the Father is doing, and it misses what Jesus is doing. He is doing the Father's work in this moment. The crowd just sees the physical miracle and and they go off and begin exclaiming, this is wonderful. He makes the deaf to hear and gives speech to those who cannot even speak. What an incredible God he is. And I wonder if in that moment Jesus was a little bit frustrated. Not frustrated because they walked away with seeing another miracle because God knows that that would have spoke to them in a deeper way and and would have continued to speak to them about who Jesus really is. But I wonder if Jesus was a little miffed because Jesus was doing something more than just that. Jesus knew that his coming was not about the physical healings, but rather it was about the restoration of a relationship. A relationship between every person and God. One which would restore everything back to the way that it should be. A restoration of our relationship with our Savior and our God and our Creator. And God knew that that could only happen through Jesus. The restoration of that relationship could only happen through sacrifice. A sacrifice which he would make later on, and that he has made. A sacrifice to pay the price of our sins, and their sins separate us from God, and God knows that he needed to restore that. We needed it more than we ever knew. We needed our sins paid for, and that gift of salvation given to us. You see, God wants to work in that way in each of our lives. And I wonder how often we are that crowd. We are asking for God to do something physically. We're asking for God to do something financially. We're asking for God to do a healing, to do, to do something on the physical and materialistic world. And we are completely missing that that is not what Jesus is actually all about. I mean, he can, and and I know that there are some people here in this room, just by statistics-wise, like, that you are struggling financially. And so I speak about that, and you're like, no, 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 I need God to work in that way. And know that God can, and I'm not trying to say that he won't. Or that, that it doesn't matter. And same thing for physically. Maybe, maybe you're struggling with an illness or you know someone that really is. I'm not saying that God doesn't care about that. Because hear me, he completely does. And in fact, he loves that individual. But sometimes, and, and this is something that I had to experience in my life too, is the loss of a loved one when, when, when there was something that I believed that God could have healed and could have done, but God didn't. And I think sometimes, as hard as it is, and this is really hard truth, But I think sometimes he doesn't heal because sometimes he wants us to actually realize that that is not what he's all about. He wants us to see and know and and, and believe that this world is not 
all that there is to it. That there is a spiritual reality that when we breathe our last breath here on earth, we are breathing our next breath in the presence of our Lord and Savior. This world is is not all that there is. Jesus came to redeem and restore a relationship with us. You see, true joy cannot be found in the physical things of the world, nor in wealth, nor in physical wellness, but in a relationship with our Heavenly Father. And so the invitation is there for us all today. Are you willing to claim true joy today? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this morning. God, I thank you for the fact that you speak to us. God, that you invite us into a relationship with you. And and you knew before even all of creation that this world definitely, desperately needed a relationship with you. God, we, we do not know true happiness. We do not know true joy until we have found ourselves in you. Until we have a relationship with you. God, your word is, is so clear on that. And God, I think about the psalm that says, God, the things of this world will go strangely dim in the light of your glorious presence, God. God, we need you so desperately. There are things in this world that we can't control. There are things in this world that, man, they attack us and bring us down. But God, when we are with you, we can truly never be knocked down. We can never lose a fight for when you are with us, who can be against us? God, I pray for everyone in this room, including myself, that we would find true happiness and true joy in you and in you alone. Pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.